so we can look for what areas of life are your friends at work or your employees struggling in? That's a good place to start. And it's a good place to be good news to them and throw a shoulder under the weight and consequences of their choices outside of God's will and direction. See, sharing the weight of their sin is huge. That's what Jesus came to do. And you can always seek to be humble, gentle, use kind words, be the defender of the defenseless in your workplace, show grace and forgiveness, regardless of the situation, or even if sometimes you feel hurt. In all these ways, you'll not only be helping people see and experience the gospel in action at work, but you'll also be helping them move from unbelief to belief in connection to our dad in heaven and Jesus. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Heath, my friend, how you doing today? I'm good. You good? You, you just, long day of work before yeah. we roll here? Like I start of... at 6, and I, I get off at about 3-ish, 3.15, and then... Usually we'll, we'll come over and record and go yeah. a couple hours doing that. Yeah, and then, so kids back to school tonight. yet? Kids no. back to school? So my kids are raised, right? And the grandkids aren't old enough. So and every city's different. So I don't know. And yeah. even my neighborhood, it's like it like it little by little fills up with kids, and then little by little goes out. So you, not yeah, yet. Not yet. They got a couple weeks left, but it's weird because last summer they started in August, and this year they're starting in September, early September. And, okay. But um. But they're mostly homeschooled. Yeah, we homeschool. Still, right? So it doesn't change as much as maybe. No, we homeschool. You guys had hope. <laughs> yeah. We we try to stick to the local calendar, but yeah. um, we're a little bit more flexible. Sometimes we'll start a week early and then get an extra week of vacation throughout the year. All right. So it's kind of awesome. Well, should we dive into the topic at hand? Let's do, man. Uh, this topic actually came from one of our listeners in the Facebook group, Randy Mooney, who manages different Thanks, people. Randy. Yeah, Randy. Thanks for writing. And uh, I just want to plug that this is an opportunity. If you've got ideas for the show, send them our way, because we do often listen to you guys and process through how we could put a gospel lens on this and so absolutely randy this is your week man so so, randy manages people for a living and was asking about how to make disciples in a work setting and it mm. appears that if we want to be intentional in helping people move from unbelief to belief in every area of our lives it seems like a work setting where a majority of people spend a significant part of their time is actually a perfect setting for this to happen right or is it yeah Mm, (laughs) yeah well Here's the thing, um, and, and I just got to be honest up front. We talk about discipleship, right, as being the process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life, and yep. Randy kind of summarized that again. Um, yes, in every area of life. So work is one of those areas of life, but it's not like we can see, like, at work how, you know, your buddy at the desk across from you treats his wife sure. or talks to his kids or is he generous or, you know what I mean? So work relationships are a bit artificial and forced, if you think about it. Hmm. In other words, you're not there because you just like, ah, there's a whole Enjoy. bunch of people I want to hang out. You yeah. know, like, I need a job or they offer me a job, whatever. And so they're a bit artificial, a little forced, and they don't usually allow for all of life and life on life and life in community, which is how true discipleship ultimately takes place. Hmm. But, okay, but. <laughs> so like when people say, well, that's my, you know, I don't make disciples in my neighborhood or of anybody I know because I do it all day at work. No, you probably don't actually. Mm. Not to the degree you think, but you maybe you could and maybe you are. But we are always in discipleship mode. 
and aspects of discipleship can definitely happen at work and on the job. So much of this is really a perspective change, right? We talk about intentionality, so big. And it's a perspective change from trying to close the deal with people, you know, like, oh, like what I'm supposed to do at work is get everybody saved, but I can't talk about it. You know, sure. HR is going to go lose their mind, right? We got to change that perspective. We were never commanded to close the deal with anybody. Mm-hmm. We were clo- called to disciple people, help them move from unbelief to belief about who God is and what he's done for them and yep. what's now true of them and their identity, which trust me is good news. People are all dying to know like, who am I and what am I worth? And do I have any value? And what's my life supposed to be about? Sure. You know, like helping people understand that is discipleship. And it, it, it touches so many different areas of their life. And by the way, discipleship is evangelism. And it's often a very slow process, okay? So to start thinking about how we do discipleship at work, we, we really have to think of it rightly. We have to think about it. It's helping people move from unbelief to belief about every area of life connected to God and the gospel. And it's, so it's not just their spiritual things. It might be connected to their budget. It might be connected to their past. It might be connected to uh, this girlfriend they want or this person that slighted them or something that's bugging them or the hoped-for raise or their sickness or the report from the doctor or whatever. So sure. It's all of that, and we really have to go into it with that understanding. We really do. Otherwise, we're setting ourselves up for stuff God didn't ask, and we feel guilty and weird about, or we're weirding people out. <laughs> no one likes that. So, <laughs> How do you toe the line between being a good news person and making disciples while also not frustrating HR? Yeah. Well, think holistic. I was kind of just tipping my hand okay, a second ago. Think holistically. It, what, what we're trying to do with people is not just get them to say a prayer and then invite them to church. Okay. Hmm. Nowhere did Jesus ever command that. You would never see him do that. Right. We've talked about it plenty of times. We just, there's no model for that where Jesus said, invite me into your heart right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He said, come and be with me, walk with me. Right. And he showed them how the kingdom of God was lived out in absolutely every year of life. And he did it through regular stuff and meals and time and hanging out and parable and serving people and trial and failure and all that. Right. So, but think holistic, like what areas of life are your friends at work or maybe they're even your employees? What are they struggling with? Hmm. This is a really good place to be good news to them and, and start to throw a shoulder under the weight and consequences of their sin or their choices outside of God's will in his direction right? Yep. You are dearly loved sons and daughters and you get to treat everyone that way too. So when you think about like, I really want to evangelize somebody or I want to disciple them to understand who Jesus is and walk in his ways. Then you know what? Throw a shoulder under someone else's sin and Mm. the pain they're experiencing. And not just because it's not their fault. Like we always love to do that. Like, well, I'd like to help, but that guy chose that for himself. Yeah. So did you. That's why Jesus came. We all did. (laughs) Right. We all did. Exactly. So the, the greatest thing you can do is be, be the defender of the defenseless, Mm. like stand up for that guy. That's kind of really hard. You know, that EGR, right? The extra required person at work, stand up for them, befriend them, take them out, like throw a shoulder under their pain in the pains, probably from their own choices. Right. So do that start thinking start thinking holistically hmm. i like that idea because it's not uh it doesn't seem like there is a one-size-fits-all way of doing this right. it's because not people presentation have... here's how you say it here's how you trick somebody into it but hr won't pick up on yeah, it it's exactly like, we're not in the underground church in china here you know it's like what? <laughs> yeah well and also people have different areas of unbelief right and if we want to move in in every area of life there's going to this isn't a one-size-fits-all plan so how would you Absolutely. best recommend we stay intentional with each specific person 
moving them from unbelief to belief in their specific areas of unbelief. Yeah. Well, first off, start by looking for what we refer to as people of peace, right? The people that are leaning into relationship to you. And they seem to be kind of hungry to know more about your life and maybe even spirituality. Because it's Mm. not like it's forbidden. Like if someone comes up and says like, hey, I want to ask you something about your marriage, you know, or I want to ask you something about like, you know, I know you guys go to church or what you get to. It's just part of life. You know, yeah. you just can't be the boss and force everybody to go to church with you. You know, but sure. we all think this whole oh, no separation church and state. It's like, like no one even knows what they're talking about with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get to like, yeah. and, and the truth of the matter is you're actually protected at work that you get to be yourself. Hmm. Everybody thinks it's the other way, but we don't even have to worry about that. Sure. <laughs> Look for people of peace. Those people at, at work. That are they're actually leaning into relationship. They like you. They they want to hang out. They're they're interested. They're hungry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so start there, and then with those people, be really attentive. Be good listeners. Like I said, look for what they're struggling with. Look for their pain points. Look what they're stoked about. You know, look for where they need a hand, mm-hmm. and then ask the Lord, "What's next, Lord?" Like, don't go this alone. Don't then go like, okay, now it's time to pull out the green booklet then or, what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like when you see like, hey, this person or that gal, this guy over here, this guy back in shipping or what, you know, whatever it would be. Like, he's always nice. He always wants to talk a little longer. I can tell it like the guy's lonely. He's really hurting. Lord, what's next with that person? Hmm. Like, like help me hear where I can shoulder some of their pain. Like where I can, you know, put some of their sin on me, like carry the cross as it were for them where can i serve them in a way they would feel like whoa who does that well only god does that you know and it's not like well i did it so now i have to say it you might get to Hmm. right but start there with people look for those people hanging so we we go in just like we do this in our neighborhoods the same way we go like everybody's on the everybody's got a target on their back you know Hmm. (laughs) like that's my job i gotta get everybody in to say the prayer it's like nope never jesus never said that right (laughs) And he taught his disciples, look for those people who are hungry, who are leaning in. He said, the kingdom of God is for those types of people. Hmm. And then ask the spirit of God, what's next? What next? And help me to hear that. That's where you want to start. You really, really do. You know, I'm thinking even. And that's going to like to write to your question. That's going to make it not a one size fits all thing because you're looking specifically for who and then specifically what. And then you're asking the Lord what to do or what to say, you know, how to, how to serve them, how to show off what God's like. You know, I'm thinking even as you're talking, that you and Tina have quite a bit of experience in managing people and successful businesses for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you a lot of the restaurant. Maybe yeah. you could share a bit of, of the story of how you determined that with Chakabra, the restaurant here in Tacoma, was a good business to buy and what your heart was in intentionally buying it to bless the employees and to bless the city. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have, Tina and I are serial entrepreneurs. Um, some people know that and some people are surprised to hear it. They're like, how, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. Tina and I have owned, I think like 17 plus businesses now or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Right. And, and all kinds of different stuff. And, and fortunately mostly successful. Like, I don't think we've had too many big crashes or anything, you know, we'll sell them and move on anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but our life and our faith has always been a part of all of it. And that's how we raised our kids too. It, it never was that, that bifurcated. Like we always sure. saw it as one thing and you have to be super careful. I was, I was talking to Tina about this episode as I was, you know, thinking about it, praying about it, working through it. And she said, oh yeah. Like even when we owned the restaurant, because we were owners, we had to be extra careful hmm. about how we discipled or how we shared faith or any of that because we're the owners and if someone felt like oh i i was rejected or i didn't really care about that and then a week later i got fired you know somewhere it could be a challenge right so but 
but back to your question. So there was this restaurant in town that we all went to. Uh, it's a breakfast place all day and everybody we knew went there and everybody from all, all over town went there and it was always super, super busy. And we had gotten to know the staff well and had our favorite stuff there and our kids loved it and everybody loved it. And then all of a sudden it was going to close one day. And we'd already kind of been interested in this place, like if it was ever going to come up for sale, but then all of a sudden it was going to close. So we approached the owner and um, we were able to like, like seriously lickety split because the city stuck a sticker on the door and closed it down for some problems. We were able to real quick within days, literally work out a deal and buy it and then Hmm. rehire all the employees, the original employees and open it back up all within a matter of days. It was really quite miraculous. And we did it because we wanted to bless the city. That neighborhood could not lose. This was like the hub of relationship. It still is to this day. And, um, and like all those people that were going to lose their jobs, those were our friends. Those, that's our family. We care Mm. about those people. And many of that, those same staff, are still around. I mean, they were just over this weekend. We had a huge, a big party, re like a reunion party, and some of them haven't worked there for years, but they're still family, right? Sure. And so that was that was a key thing for us to want to be in there. Now, what it looked like to disciple people from unbelief to belief in every area of life. There, it wasn't like okay, staff meeting. Okay, now here we go. We're busting out scripture, and everybody's got to come to church with us. Like you know, someone's rolling. We got to get you know. Sure. <laughs> it was relational. It was listening. It was doing exactly what I said. Who seems to be leaning into like relationship? It wants to get to know us better, get to know our family. And then we were constantly trying to bridge the gap between work environment and our home environment. Huh. And now not everybody was into hanging out with us, but we started throwing parties and we started having Christmas parties and we do them at home. And like even like this reunion party we just had, that's like we've had many, (laughs) you know. And see, then in our home life, we got to display more of what the kingdom looks like hmm. and we get to and we can be much more open like so when they're sharing problems or the, or you know a problem in their marriage or with one of their kids or a financial need we could talk about it way more openly right yeah and when and we tell i tell you what man life's messy and running a restaurant like that for every day it's open and for eight years a lot of employees a lot of family drama a lot of problems i'm talking addictions (laughs) i'm talking death yeah suicides murders i mean i'm not joking like we have experienced it all and walked through it as a family with people some heavy stuff and so there's been a lot of discipleship there's been a lot of faith discussions there's been a lot of modeling things that in ways that were so salty so otherworldly that literally the employees would say, who are you and why does your family live this way? Or why do you treat this us this hmm. way? Or what? Like, literally, you know? Now, there are those that don't even notice. They live life only for themselves, right? Sure. Jesus said the road will be really narrow yeah. and most won't find it. Yep. But those people that are looking in, we always tried to bridge that gap from, and a lot of these conversations we'd still have at work, but you had to be much more careful. But then we would always try to bridge our lives with their lives, share our life. Hmm. Now, some some business owners won't do that. Mm-hmm. Other people that aren't even owners of businesses, they just go to work and they go, my work's my work. Yeah. I go to church, that's separate. And then there's my life. Sure. And that's back to that problem of we have one life to live. We, we, you can't live this crazy bifurcated split up existence. There's just no joy in that. And that's mm-hmm. not actually the life that Jesus lived. It's not the life that Jesus came to give us. So anyway, does that it's, answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> that was a and long answer to a short question. Sorry, brother. <laughs> well, and the other thing is I was just thinking is maybe as an encouragement, uh, you know, we talk about how we're story formed people. Yeah. Are there any stories you can share where discipleship as you have, or as we have even defined it 
was happening in, in your time there at Shakabra? Maybe you could share like a story or two to walk well, us through these. So many. And I want to be careful because these are all of our friends and they're all on their own journeys and they're all at different places. And that's very much a real place, right? And sure. so I don't want anybody to ever feel targeted. And I don't know if anybody would ever be listening to this episode or not, but I know they know our love for them, right? Mm. So I, I probably won't use names. Just, you know, it's not fair. Yeah. And um, But again, I want people to think that discipleship is holistic and it's about all of life. Hmm. So our friends people that are family now to us that yeah they started as staff and they might still be staff but they're family sure we're looking at their whole life we're we're not just looking at like i gotta get them in i gotta get them in i gotta get them to church i gotta exactly. get them to say this. <laughs> like, we're looking at like no i want them to have the life that jesus came to give them yep. i want them to have that whole life that's what salvation is that's what eternal life is to the full it's all of it right mm. and so we don't have to try to just focus on spiritual aspects of what you know, have generally been perceived as passing on Bible knowledge. Like, so when people say like, how do you do discipleship at work? It's like, well, what you have to do is you have to get this form and everybody signs it. And then you can go in the back room and you can do a Bible. It's like, no, 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 no. It's so much bigger than that. There's so much more opportunity when you start to see things holistic and look at their whole lives. Right. So for instance, I can think of a lady we love so much. We first knew her and it was, she just didn't have a whole lot of faith in her own self and belief that she had value. And she not been treated well over and over by a lot of different people in life mm. and, and men and, you know, family existences and all, but she's beautiful and we love her so much. And I can remember one time her saying to Tina, she said, you know, like she was late for work or something because her car broke down for the billionth time, you know, and like often Tina would run to get people and pick them up for work sure. or, so, or she'd send another staff member, just go get them. It's okay. You know, we'll, we'll fill in for a minute or whatever. And she was telling Tina like, I'll never have a new car in my life. It just won't happen. I'll never get ahead. My credit is too damaged. I'm mm. too jacked up. It's it's never going to happen. And Tina encouraged her and said, no, that's not the case. Mm. And she helped her and she walked with her and they worked out budgeting and she helped her figure out how to repair her credit. She figured wow. out how to start setting aside a little bit, like when she didn't think she could. Yeah. She, you know, I remember getting that same gal healthcare and she's like, I never had healthcare in my life, you know? Wow. And eventually she had a new car. She couldn't even believe it. Now people are like, that's not the discipleship I'm talking about. Mm, yes, it is. Yeah. Because it's all of life and someone who can't barely get to their job and they're a single mom yep. believe in they can never even own a car and you don't shame them. You don't just gift it to them benevolent stooping, but yeah. you actually help them say, no, 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 there's a different way of life. And, and, and maybe, maybe in some cases, and I can think of other people, we did have to help out financially a yeah. lot of times, you know, that's not the point. The point is, are you seeing their life as holistic? And so then like that person was just over and, and they were just effusive on Facebook just this week. And they were just like, you guys are the best and you're the best family. Wow. Well, that's what we were looking for. And they know, yeah, she was just telling me a story this way of an old boyfriend. She says, he's found God and it's changed his life. He's wow. really changing and it's really good for him. And I says, it is good, isn't it? She says, it's really good. That's you know, so, cool. so far from like years and years ago. Yeah. I can think of, of, uh, an, another gal in our community or at, at the restaurant who, um, uh, is gay and, um, and, and, and bit pretty hard, pretty mm. hard person, you know, a lot sure. of, a lot of tough stuff in her life. And I remember, um, she was going to move and I was like, Hey, you need a hand moving? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. I don't have any way to do it, but I gotta get it. I gotta get it got on my place. I gotta get moved. Sure. So I came over with the van and, and made sure it was all emptied out and we loaded up a whole bunch of her stuff and we moved it and it was, I think it was raining and it was a mess and everything. Anyway, we got it all done and we had a blast and I think we might've had some food afterwards or whatever. And she was so grateful. And I remember her talking to Tina going like, that was, and that was nuts to me. She goes, what? And she goes, I'm helping you move. And she's like, well, that was great. Cause I had to get it moved, but I've never had someone actually serve me or help me 
like a man hmm. without expecting something in return. Wow. Which gives us some insight into why she's so damaged and hurt and yeah. identity issues, right? And all that. And I was like, I was just treating her like a sister. Yeah. And and I remember us having that talk and she's like, why, why would you do something like that even? You know, is it because I work here? Like, like Sure. Because you're my sister. Yeah. We take care of each other. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're my sister. And, 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 and I remember with her, like right at work having very, very straight up conversations because she was leaning in so much hmm. to go like, what do you mean we're sisters? You know, it's like, well, listen. And I told her basically the story of God, you know? Yeah. And she's like, that's so amazing. I wish that were true. And it's like, you know, it is. Yeah. It really is true. That's and, so cool. And, you know, we gave her housing and we loaned her money. And it was like many, many things, you sure. know? And it was a very holistic look at her life. And and what was good news to her now? You know, Jesus, you didn't say like, hey, this guy's lame, so give him a sandwich. It's like, yeah. no, he said, get up and walk. And he yep. healed him, right? And to the... People that were hungry, he fed them. Yeah, exactly. Right? And to the blind, he healed their eyes. Yep. He didn't say like, well, what you need is to get to temple more often. That's yeah. your real need. You know, I always yeah. say like, God knows their real need. It's like, no, their real need when you're blind is I'd like to see. Yeah, exactly. I'm tired of stumbling around and being so starved to death and being robbed and beaten and all, you know, yeah, be nice to have some eyesight, of. right? Yeah. And so like in this whole thing, when you're thinking of work, think holistically, hmm. think all of life, listen well, ask God what's next with, for those people that seem to be leaning in and always, always be looking to throw a shoulder under their sin, under the weight of their pain, their bad choices, not for shame or not altruism or whatever, but to show them what God's like. Hmm. <laughs> That's the best picture of the gospel they're going to get. And you will get opportunities to explain why. Trust me, you will. If yep. you bridge that gap from the workplace only and you give them your life you give your life away you share your family and I know some people are like well that's risky or I keep those two things separate I had so many business people tell me in life Heath the problem you're having right now with this is you treat your employees like family hmm. there are too many of me your friends and I said I don't know how else to do it but yeah. this is why you're having all these problems and you're gonna go broke and I'm like, and I have so, I'm not joking. I've had so many people tell me that you can't live that way. I'm like, I can't live any other way. Yeah. It's going to be I, this way. I, it's going to have to be because yeah. I don't know how to treat people not like family. Yeah, exactly. And so if they're, if they're employees, they're still family. If, if they're a coworker, they're still family. Yeah. But that's going to lead to lots of heartache and lots of problem. Well, yeah. And it led to a cross for my Lord. What a good episode. Thanks Randy for, uh, for suggesting we talk about this. And I thanks. hope that's helpful. It absolutely I really hope that opens up people's mind to what it really is. that we get to do yeah. in the workplace and takes some of the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. Let's throw some icing on the cake by uh, giving away the big three for this week. The downloadable printable PDF of this week's big three is available for free by going to one, two, three lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Big three. If I was to boil it down, don't miss this discipleship is evangelism. Okay. Like if you're discipling people from unbelief to belief and you're modeling and showing and shouldering sin, all that, that's the gospel or that's mm -hmm. the evangel happening. But it's also often a very slow process. Okay. Yep. Helping people understand how life works in the kingdom and family of our perfect and loving father is huge. It's, it's so huge. Most of the church doesn't still know this. Helping others experience unconditional love, grace, patience, having someone on their side, regardless of their actions or their words. It's all a huge picture of the gospel in action. And it'll take many steps for most people to move to a place where they know Jesus and submit to him as Lord. Hmm. But start where they're at. And there's plenty of bad news that we get to be good news to. And then be patient and trust the Lord. Hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I right. said it and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> number two. All right, number two. God loves the people at your workplace more than you do. Hmm. 
so some people get so locked up. I know so many Christians that just get so locked up. Like, I got to do something. I got to do something. It's like, listen, God's, God's there. And you know what? He loves them more than you do. And he loves you completely, regardless of how many times you sneak Jesus into the conversation at work. Hmm. Okay? So relax. Take the bullseye off the backs of your coworkers and employees. Take the heavy burden and guilt off of your own shoulders. You're dearly loved sons and daughters, and you get to treat everyone that way too. So just let that first soak into your heart. Yeah. That you don't have to do any of this, <laughs> but you get to, Yep, you get to. And then third, think holistic, not just spiritual discipleship. Like what areas of life are your friends at work struggling in? This is a good place to be good news to them. Hmm. And like I've said over and over today, sh- uh, throw a shoulder under the weight and consequences of their choices and sin outside of God's will. Always seek to be humble, gentle, use kind words, be a defender of the defenseless, show grace and forgiveness regardless of the situation, or even Mm -hmm. if you're hurt, look for ways to move the relationship to the next level and outside the workplace where you can increasingly then treat people like family and open up your lives and walk with them in more and more areas of theirs. Hmm. That's great, man. Thank you. Those big three you get by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. We'll get the PDF download to you for free right away. If you haven't yet joined our Facebook group, do so, facebook.com, up in the search bar, type in Life School Podcast. Hey, and by the way, there's still a couple of slots open for coaching. If someone wants to get into coaching with me and they thought maybe they missed it or yeah. they've been thinking about it and they're like, oh yeah, go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash coaching, get all the information you need right there. And one more, uh, one more little ad as we go out is that we're just a couple weeks away from our Big Cigars and Theology event. Woo. So it's 123lifeschool.com forward slash cigars. Uh, the price has jumped since August, but we still have just a couple spots left for people that want to come out to Caesar's house. We're going to hang get there in the pages up. There's still a couple slots, but yeah. not much left. So. Yeah. so come be with us, hang out with us for, for two days, and we're going to send you home with resources on how you can do cigars and theology back at your own home. For so a year. much stuff going on. There's a lot Holy going on. Holy moly. <laughs> hey, join us next week. We'll be back on, as we have been for over two years, approaching three every single Monday. So we hope to see you next Monday. Thanks for being with us today. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.